This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, welcome to another edition of That Millwall Podcast. Today we have another Who Are You with uh, Millwall supporter David. David, thanks for getting up at your time. How are you? Very well, thank you. Um, probably would have been better if I got we got the three points against Luton, but uh, just back from the den. So, yeah, all good, thank you, all good. As, as David's mentioned there, so we're recording this um, just shortly after the nil-nil uh, draw at home to Luton. Possibly not the result that, that us and, and many supporters were looking for, but it's still in our hands and I'm sure but we'll, we'll come on to, to, to this season. Um, as always, the, the Who Are You is an opportunity for us to get to speak to some of our supporters that we obviously wouldn't usually get the opportunity to, to hear their story, how they you know come to the club. Um, and hopefully today um, we've got we've got a, a, an interesting one for you guys. So, so David, firstly, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, um, I live in northwest London, um, which is not perhaps the most natural area for a Mill supporter. And like so many Mill supporters, my it was my dad who really got me into Millwall. Um, he was um, he lived on the Old Kent Road. Uh, in the 1930s and he supported Mill and my uncle, my uncle Len, supported Charlton. But for thank goodness, dad persuaded me that Mill was a better, a better, a better bet. Uh, so I never ended up supporting Charlton, although my uncle and I always used to have a bit of a rivalry about it. And uh, it was really that that sort of led me to support Millwall. It was always a bit difficult for me supporting Millwall because where I lived in Northwest London, uh, everybody supports Arsenal and Tottenham and a few Chelsea mm-hmm. and one of them, what are now Premier League teams. So I was always on my own. And when I started to go to Millwall in the 60s, I was on my own. Uh, my dad very rarely came with me. So it was a long trek from where I lived to, 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 to the ground. But that's how I came really to support, to support Millwall. So um, in terms of your memories, you know, stop following the club. I would imagine. Mm. Do, do you remember your first game? What was your first impressions of, of Millwall? I do. I remember being. I was actually uh, thinking about it. I was a little boy. I was only six, and because we lived in Northwest London, in Edgware, actually, the first game was at Watford, and um, okay. my, and I, I'll have to I'll have to confess, Stephen, I had to cheat because I had to go back and have a look <laughs> just to check that my memory of this was correct. But in nineteen. 19- 58, we played at Watford and we drew 1-1. And I remember going as a very small boy, I was only six with my dad, and um, a, a winger called Jerry Broadfoot uh, scored uh, and we got a draw. And I remember that was my very first impression. And in fact, coincidentally, my, my, I took my son to his first football game at Watford, although unfortunately it wasn't against Millwall. So Watford was probably probably the nearest, one of the nearest grounds to where we lived. But that was, a, that and- was, that was the and in terms of obviously first game being quite strange, first game being away from home. I think that's the first time I've actually come a, yeah. come across that, which is that's is right. quite interesting. Yeah. Do you, do you remember your first game at the Den? The only well, the game I remember the first game, it, the first game I can remember at the Den really clearly was when I was about twelve, um, and I went to the Millwall Spurs Cup tie nineteen sixty five, which was January. Um, right. Except that, well, actually, I have to actually I have to confess, I didn't go to that game. Um, 
I went. I started going to games in that season, but I have no recollection of which was the first one. But that first game, the first the game, that game in in January 1965, was a very, very was was an amazing match. We just got promoted to the old second division, I think it was, and it was it was a complete sellout at the den, and you had to go down to the den on a Sunday and queue up for a ticket, and the queue went mm -hmm. on for miles. So I went down from North West London, got my ticket. It was really triumphant. When I got back, my dad said, "You can't go." the game and I said what do you mean he said it's going to be an absolute nightmare there's going to be people crushed it's going to be terrible and I was only 12 or 13 at the time and so in those days you did what your dad told you absolutely I never went to the game. but I did go to the replay because we drew nil nil I went to the replay at White Hart Lane which was shockingly overcrowded there were 60,000 people at White Hart Lane that night and we lost one nil but um that was that that season was the first season I started to go to the den on my own, but I was only, as I said, I was only 12 and nobody went with me. So it was quite a journey, but I can't remember the very first home <laughs> game. Never mind. And, and obviously, um, you know, the old den as it was, a lot of people have a lot of, a lot of memories, a lot of stories. Um, firstly, yeah. where, where was your position? Did you have a regular spot? Did you move around? What, what, what was yeah. your preference? Well, I moved around. I moved around a bit. I used to stand sometimes um, just by the halfway line. On the, I can, the trouble is, it's such a long time ago, I can't remember which stands were which, but it was like a main stand. And then for a while, they had a family stand on the other side. But before then, I, you could walk from one end of the ground to the other. I don't know whether anyone's mm. told you that. You can actually walk round. So people used to go and start at one end of the ground, and, and you could walk to the ground, we, the side we were, mm -hmm. you know, the end we were kicking in. So I used to stand there and there was a bloke that used to walk up and down the, the, the side shouting abuse at the linesman um, the whole game. All he did was shout abuse at the linesman. He didn't watch the game. He literally shouted abuse at the linesman walking <laughs> up and down the game. It was hilarious. But, but most of the time I sat the other side, the main stand, uh, which was a bit round shackle and, you know, it was all, it was, all, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was cosy, put it that way. And and obviously, you I, know, um, I think. Oh, sorry, go on. Well, no, what I was going to say was, you know, obviously people are very nostalgic about the old ground, mm -hmm. and rightly so. There were some fantastic games there. There were some brilliant, brilliant atmospheres, brilliant memories. But it was also sometimes pretty horrible. And I often think that if the people who went to the den now and who are nostalgic about the old days went back to what it was like you know before we moved to current ground they hate it it's just it was what we've got now is is in many ways yes of course it's more sterile because it's a you know it's a, it's a modern ground but mm -hmm. the facilities and the and the and the is, is incomparable to what it used to be like but yeah i've, I've got some great memories that i've got some great memories of the of the old den as well in terms of matches yeah I think it's interesting what you say there because obviously there's a lot of supporters the the newer generation that wouldn't have experienced the the old den and have like myself obviously being a fan um my first game was in 94 so I never got to go to the old ground and and I've often said and other people have often said I'm quite pleased I never got to experience the old den because I only now know what it is today of course, yeah. the, the nostalgia, my, my dad and I'm sure other fans would go, oh, you know, the old den was great. But it's interesting because it is somewhere that it doesn't sound sometimes in the stories that I hear, and I'm sure that you have, it doesn't sound like it was the sort of place that you'd want to, to spend too much time. Obviously, you would no. as, a, as, a, as a fan, but around the ground, it, it was definitely, uh, it definitely sounded like somewhere that was, you can sometimes take your life into your own yes. hands, I think. Definitely. I mean, that was, well, of course, that was the great, you know, we held in the 60s and seven, sorry, in the, in the 60s, we held the longest uh, unbeaten home record. Until mm -hmm. We took it off. I think we had 50, you know, it was a really fantastic record. It was a horrible, intimidating place to go and play, to, to play football for the opposition. You know, the streets around it in those days, it wasn't sort of now it's more, there are more, you know, modern, modern housing and so on. But but in those days, it was a it was a tough environment. You know, you 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 would go down there, and you were you were you know you knew that you were in a working class, you know, tough environment, and mm -hmm. it was all the better for it. Next behind the behind the behind the ground was a huge old car park on gravel where I used to park. And you could park bang next to the ground, not like today in the front with all you know with the concert. Mm. You, know, you just literally turn up on the day and. 
and, and, and park your car in the car park. Uh, and it, it was a very ram, it was just very, very tin pot and ramshackle. Uh, you know, it, it, but it was it was home and it was quite intimidating. But I don't if, if you said to me, would you rather now watch football where we are or there? I'd definitely rather watch football at the new den. I know I'm probably on, on my own in that, but that's how I feel about it anyway. Well, that that leads me on very nicely to I'm not going to refer to it as what other broadcasters do. It's the den now. Um, we've been the there den. for this is our yeah. 30th years. It's it's now yeah. the den. Um, firstly, yeah. you've obviously said there that you you know enjoy watching your football there, um, and you obviously like the ground. But where where do you see it? Where do you where's your spot on the home day? West Duffer, block five. Uh, okay, I've got I've, I've got a great seat there. I think that that's the other thing about the, the, the ground. You can see really well from nearly everywhere. That's you know mm-hmm. you know you've got really got you've got a really great view. Um, and, um, you know, I, I, I don't, I go, I always go, I nearly always go on my own to the matches. Sometimes my son's, one of my sons comes with me. My grandson's going with me to the Preston game next week. So that's going to be good fun. And I, and I know the people around me, uh, we, mm-hmm. you know, as a season, I already know them. It's good atmosphere and, you know, we have a laugh and yes, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a nice, it's a, it's a good afternoon generally, as long as we hopefully get something out of it. It's interesting you say that because I think lots of people, myself included, you you tend to. I don't know about. We'll, we'll, I'll ask you this. You know, you sit in the same seat year after year, or the same block. You, the, the faces stay the same. They get a little bit older, but they they stay the same. So you you might not know necessarily everybody's name in the block around you, but you know them enough to sort of you're right sort of thing. It's that's one thing with us that you de- you never you're never alone even if you do go to the games on your own there's always someone there that will yeah. you know yeah i mean you you do you do you do um sort of meet people i mean about 10 years ago or more i had to change seats though because behind me were two people who would not stop talking throughout the whole game i mean when i um, they weren't talking about the game they were just talking about absolutely anything but the game and it right. and you can't really turn around to people and say will you shut up because they paid their money i suppose they can say what mm. they like but it got so irritating that we just had I just had to move my move my seat. I couldn't I couldn't bear it anymore. But <laughs> but that's, that's that's pretty unusual. Most 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 people around me are great and uh, well yeah, they're all very nice actually and we all we all moan at the same time and you know, we all have a have a have a bit of a laugh as well. So that's good. Yeah. I'm gonna test your memory now. Or not necessarily test your memory, I'm gonna put see what see what kind of direction you go go down here but you've obviously yeah. seen a lot of players in, in your time following the club I'm, I'm sure you, you know been some some successful teams some perhaps not so successful um oh, yeah. it it might be tricky but i'm gonna ask you to narrow it down to your favorite all-time millwall player i will give you the opportunity for a couple of honorable mentions if that makes it a little bit easier for you <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm going to have my all-time favourite Millwall player and a very honourable mention. Uh, my all-time favourite Millwall player is uh, Teddy Sheridan. Um, okay. Here's his mum. Um, <laughs> and I know that's a controversial choice. I know that on you know on forums and websites and other places, because he joined the Vermin and he was you know and he's got he's, he's and, and for other reasons people don't regard him. Um, in the same in the right way i think because teddy it's hard to it's hard for the younger generation i think to really understand how important teddy was to us he i think i'm right he was at Millwall for eight or nine years it's not you know he didn't he wasn't hit there just for like flash of the pan he was there eight or nine years and he was a tremendous player he wasn't mm-hmm. the quickest but his eye for the eye for goal his heading ability he could see a pass he could beat him you know he could really one second beat him that easy but he could certainly score you know and when you look at what happened to him in his career after he left Millwall he went to Manchester United he went to Tottenham I think he played what 40 times for, for his country yes he came on and won a Champions League or whatever it's called for Man U um, he's an amazing player and without question the most the best player I've seen at Millwall in terms of ability and contribution to the club what he did afterwards in terms of where he went and the other thing, playing for West Ham and all the rest of it, mm. is another issue. But there's no doubt in my mind that he was the best ever player that we've had in terms of 
in terms of ticking boxes. But honourable mentions, definitely, I would think, go to two players, I think, one of whom isn't mentioned quite so often these days, but I think was an amazing player, and that's Keith Weller, who played in midfield, and he was, more, he was kind of a Zian Fleming type of attacker, really. Mm-hmm. And he went on to play, he played for Leicester City, he was a great player. So for those older, anybody older watching this will, will remember Keith Weller, lovely player, sadly no longer with us. But I always loved, he was a lovely player. Bought, we bought him from Tottenham in the 60s. Um, Benny Fenton bought him with Derek Posse, another good player, not as good as, not mm-hmm. as, good as Weller. And uh, he was good. And then finally, final honourable mention has got to go to Neil Harris, I think, because he, he, I think, is an amazing man. And I think he's also been a brilliant player and also did well as a manager for us. So those are the three that I would, I would put in my list. I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball question, the one that wasn't um, that we haven't obviously discussed just yet. It's interesting. You you mentioned Teddy and Harris. Um, obviously, Teddy, your favourite, yeah. and, and Harris is an yeah. honourable mention. You yeah. were lucky enough um, to see both, both in their prime, both um, yeah. in a Millwall shirt. Do you think yeah. they could have done it as a partnership? Do you think that partnership would have worked? Um. They were quite similar. Pla- it, they weren't. Harris, Harris was more of a sort of. I mean, Harris wasn't was was quite similar to Teddy in some ways. He wasn't a. I mean, he wasn't. He was good in the air, actually. Harris. He was much better in the air than I think people thought of. But he wasn't mm-hmm. a big target man, and neither really was no. Sherman. Sherman played well with Cascarino, who was much. Who was really the target man of the two. Um, and I think Harris, when he played, because he played for Spell, didn't he, with Steve Morrison, I think. I mean, there was mm-hmm. a, that, that was a good combination. But if you put Harris and Sheringham together, I'm not sure they would have complimented, them, complimented each other mm-hmm. in terms of playing. However, they were both such good players, but I don't think it would have necessarily made any major difference. I think they would have been brilliant to play together, but... In terms of complementary playing styles, I think they're quite. They they were too. They might have been a bit too similar. I think in some ways. I mean, yeah, that's that's probably how I put it. I think you're right there. I think what from what I've seen and what I know, they both had foils in in obviously Cass and Harris had you know your Paul Moody's, your Steve Morrison's. Yeah. They they had other players yeah. that that helped them be the strikers that they were. But it's just interesting that. The, you know the two of them it would it, it would be great if you could see it obviously we we never will but it would be amazing to have seen if those two would have been able to to do it together but um yeah but um moving on again i i've i'm if very interested to hear the answer to this because i i i have an idea what you might say favorite all-time manager of the club well well it's an interesting one because I have to say John Doherty because John Doherty has done something that no other Millwall manager has done and that's got us from second division two playing the top tier. Now, we, we, in the year we got, people forget, the year, bef- the, year bef- the year we got promoted, at least one national paper had us tipped for relegation that year mm. and people forget that and also people We'll forget that the year or two before we got promoted, we were terrible, absolutely terrible. I mean, I remember going to a game. We played Brighton. I think we won three one. I think it, was it Jerry Armstrong, an old an old Watford player, played for us on loan or something and scored a couple of goals. And I thought we were terrible, but we managed to win. And afterwards, um, I think Doherty said that was the best game of the whole season. And I remember thinking, oh my goodness, if that's the best game of the whole season, goodness knows what we're in trouble. Then we were in real trouble, yeah. And then we brought a couple of players in, brought three or four players in that summer. Uh, Steve Wood, um, uh, Tony Cascarino, we got Kevin O'Callaghan back, and uh, George Lawrence came as well. And we, we managed to um, do really, really, really well that season. Very unfancied. And, and Doherty got that team into the top division. And that was an amazing achievement. You know, we went to Ellen Road and won 2-1 or 2-0, I think. With, with with Herlock scoring a really good goal, you can't you can't knock that. You know, yes, we've had. I like Kenny Jacket. I thought Kenny Jacket's a very good manager. I think he mm-hmm. rescued us at a terrible time in the club's fortunes. 
Um, I think that he 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 did he did really well. I think Harris also rescued us when we were in difficulties, but then I think ran out of steam. And I think there's the yes. being the man who walked away from the job when he realised he had run out of steam, and that takes a lot of courage. And I've always admired him for that because he took the decision for the benefit of the club as much as himself, and that is a fantastic. That's a fantastic thing to do. Yes, the ball, the, the football had got a bit tedious by that stage, but <laughs> but he was working very limited resources. So those and I one. think the Doherty was the number one. I think really, yeah. It's interesting with with Doherty because he is the only man to to do it, and and that does give him a lot of, of, of waiting behind that question. He, he took us to the top division. Do you think yeah. that, you know, it, it's very close to, to being a successful league season this year? If if Gary Rowett was to to maybe do the unthinkable and get us up into the Premier League, um, obviously first time in the Premier League, second time in the top division, do, do you think that supporters yeah. down the line would hold him in the same regard as Doherty? Do you think he's? Do you think that would be a similar yes, thing? Yes, I think they would because that that feeds into one of my sort of bugbears about the situation about what I like with supporters. You know, I've got a particular bugbear about about the, the state of football at the moment. And if Gary Rowett manages to get us into the top tier, the Premier League, then I think that is in many ways. Well, certainly, it's probably better than Doherty's achievement, given given the given the disparity now between the teams at the top mm-hmm. of the division and the teams at the bottom, which didn't exist to the extent that it that it does now in 1987 or whenever it was. You know, it was a it was it was doable. I mean, you know, smaller teams did used to go up on a frequent basis. Even Lake Norin went up in 1960 to the top tier. I mean, it wasn't unheard of for Carlisle did it. You know. It was it was it was doable. Now it's really really difficult. Yes, I know Blackpool did it, and I think Barnsley did it. So you, you know you do get the odd one, but it's pretty difficult. Very very difficult, I think. It's interesting because I, I I'm of the opinion that uh, I've never been a, against Gary Rowe. I've never been a Gary Rowe out um, sort of part of that kind of mob, if you will. But. I always feel like he's he's battling the the tides a little bit um, constantly, and I, it's interesting because uh, you know if someone takes you to the top division, I, I personally think he should be held in the same regard. It's interesting you think he will. I think he's still there's still okay. some doubters that um, that perhaps um, might not hold him in the same regard. I think Gary Rowett obviously plays a brand of football that some people find not particularly entertaining. Although I think this year we've actually we've actually got better. And in fairness to Gary, he's actually been able to bring in better quality players. Mm-hmm. There are players who we have, who are, when you look at the people that we can't, you know, even today, I mean, okay, we've got Duncan Watmore on the bench, you know, George Honeyman was on the bench. Uh, we've got Mason Bennett, who unfortunately seems to be injured yet again, um, who, you know, wasn't available. Tyler Bury, who's not available. But, you know, and Callum Stiles, who I think is, who is a very good player, actually. So, You've got that depth which Rowett's built up over the last two or three years, and that's mm-hmm. meant that he's been able to play a more expansive type of football. The problem that Harris had when we got promoted in 2017 or 2018 was that he we had to play a certain way because the players yeah. that we were not capable of playing anything more expansive. And then mm. that's, we nearly got relegated. He got found out because the players couldn't quite reach the standard. We were very lucky to avoid relegation i think it was yeah. the year before year, the year before um Rowett came mm-hmm. so i think i think i think that i think Rowett has to be given a lot more credit than supporters uh, are prepared to you know give him um because i think he's done really really well you've talked to people outside millwall they always say what a great job he's done yeah recognize it I'm going to take I'm going to take this into a little bit of a, a strange turn now uh, i'm going to combine two questions um and I, this is very difficult. The first part, the the worst player you've seen play in a in a Millwall shirt, and also the worst player that you've seen at the Den. So that that it could be the same player or from opposition. Well, I'll take the second part first. It's always really really difficult because I I don't take an awful lot of notice of other other the other team. Mm. I know that uh, 
maybe I shouldn't mention it on another podcast, but Nick Hart in Acton Millwall, when he does his reports, always refers to their number nine or their number 22. And he never gives them a name because he, he's not that bothered and neither am mm. I. So I tend not to really notice. If they have a howler or whatever, I suppose I might notice if the goalkeeper's throwing the ball in the net or something. Mm. But as far as bad players on our side are concerned, I mean, where do you start? I mean, it's, I mean, I was thinking about it. I've got two favourites, one of whom I'm a bit, I feel a bit bad about putting in, and that's Andrew Iger, who played in goal for us, and I had to look this up, played in goal in 1996 to 1997. He played against us, I think one match he played, we played Peter, I think we were playing Peterborough at the Den, and I think we got beaten three or four nil, and he had to come on at the last minute, I think somebody got injured or something, and he played, he was absolutely, it was like, I don't know really, it was like, I went, it was like somebody in the crowd had got into goal and put the gloves <laughs> on and he played, and it was just embarrassing, it was the most, I think it was one of the most embarrassing performances I've ever seen, and so he's, poor old Andrew Iger, who I think went on and played a couple of games for Watford, um, is definitely up there. The other player also is a goalkeeper, and that's Pat Cuff. Oh my word, what a terrible goalkeeper. He played 42 times for us between 78 79. And um, it was a disaster. If you, if he was, he, you remember that Jordan Archer season where Jordan just basically let every, you know, let yeah, him. yeah, it was like that, but worse, you know, it was like that, but worse. And we got relegated that season. And the last game, talking about the old den, the last game was against Preston at home. And I had to look this up because I didn't... Do you know how many people were at that game? 2,833 people attended the den for a mm. home, game, home league game against Preston. So it shows how bad it was. But I would go Andrew Iger and, um, and uh, Pat Cuff. I always think it's it's always harsh when we you talk about um, the worst players in a in a middle <laughs> share because you, you always want them to do well you you yeah. try and back them you try and support yeah. them and then but there's just a couple and I think it's interesting you pick goalkeepers because I think goalkeepers are definitely you are very quickly a hero but you can also very quickly yeah. be be a villain oh, um, yeah. in that position. I mean, everybody talks. There are so many. I mean, what was it, Gary Taylor Fletcher? I mean, he was just. Mm. I mean, beyond dreadful. I mean, and then I think Noel Wilk. I mean, is it Noel Wilkinson that played for? I mean, awful. I mean, just players that you just wondered. I mean, when Taylor Fletcher came, you want. I don't think he could fit in his shorts. I mean, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. It was the most. Oh, that was he was he was truly awful. That he he was one that looked like he'd won a competition to to join the squad and then you know picture at the training ground and get your name on the program and things. It, that was one that yeah that well, that name. Pops yeah. up a bit. Because Holloway, well, Holloway, because Holloway had, had him at Blackpool, hadn't he? And he just yeah. desperate at that stage, so he just brought him in as a, as a kind of you know just to just to get in, just to get something, you know, just to get somebody in the team who I thought he, he thought he could rely on. But he was pretty, he was pretty awful actually. Okay, I'm gonna again. We're gonna test a little bit of memory. Um, I imagine there's possibly a lot of, of answers you, you could give to these. The next two questions. Um, you might have the same answer for both, but I would imagine that there may be a, a, a difference between the two. Over the years, what would you say is your most memorable moment involving Millwall? Um, I think, I, I mean, I'd love to be original and tell you about sort of some sort of like 3 0 win at Grimsby or something, but the truth is, there are only, I think, there are two completely standout moments for me. One, I was there, and one, I wasn't there. Well, actually, there are, well, more, I've got so many, but the main one, of course, is the FA Cup semi-final at Old Trafford. Mm -hmm. I, went, I was lucky enough to go with my two sons and another, another friend who sports Millwall, and that was an incredible day, an incredible... I never thought in my lifetime I'd see that happen, that we'd mm. get to, to an FA Cup final, and it was truly astonishing. In fact... We were talking about it, Mike, because of course we just had the 04-04-04 anniversary. Of course, yeah. And I was just talking to my to the to the people we'd gone with, my son and, and, and the other people that we'd gone with. And when we left the stadium, I I don't because were you there? Were you 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 were you there? Mm. You old I was. Um, how old was I? Thirteen. Oh, okay. Years old, yeah. But when when we when we left the stadium. 
we weren't we we were all we were all stunned into silence i think the enormity of it was so much we, we like walked mm. away and then we got in the car and then we turned on the radio and said this year's cup final will be between Millwall and man united we started cheering it's like like the, it was such an extraordinary out of it's like an out of body experience apparently to go up to old trafford in england it was yours the same did you did you it, i i'll be honest with you i i think it was just I my era growing up watching football, nearly everybody supported Man United and Arsenal. They were the team. Uh, Do you like football? Yeah, you support Man U. It was just that was who it was. Yeah, and you'd say to people, "Oh, I support Millwall," and you'd firstly you'd get the looks and oh, you know, hooligan and this that. As as I'm assuming you probably have throughout your all throughout my life, all the time throughout your life. But the 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 the, the cup semi final was just. To me, that it was our final. Realistically, it was our final. We we knew we probably wasn't going to get much at, at the Millennium Stadium, but to to do it, and it was the for me, it wasn't actually the day. It was the you started to get like in the paper. They'd have like the the yeah. previews, and then you'd have like on the telly, you had the players getting their suits and the yeah, yeah. the 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 it was every uh, you had the billboards up on the street and it was sort of yeah. david v goliath and dennis wise's face was up on the up on the up on the walls and you're thinking this this is actually happening like it is actually us and i think that was an incredible moment for for lots of supporters and and you know yeah. i think yeah. you can't you can't do you think it will ever happen do you think it will ever happen again no no, I'll be honest not. with you. I I, I agree. I'd love I'd love to tell everybody watching and listening. Which, yeah, <laughs> no, but I don't think so. I think the other thing, of course, was we're incredibly lucky. We managed to avoid any top top tier. We managed to avoid every a Premier League mm. club, which was very lucky. <clears throat> and so we were always playing people. I think who were below us in the league. Actually, I think we beat Burnley, but they were they were definitely a Championship club. Mm. They were Sunderland. Um, no, I don't think. I don't think. I don't. I think it would be very, very surprising if we were to do it again. I don't. I think there's more. I think actually, there's more chance of us getting to the Premier League than there is of winning the uh, of getting to the Cup final again. Actually, mm. I think there's a, that's a great. And your your second moment. The second moment, I suppose, was um, really when we got promoted, and I was, I was. I mean, in those days. You know, you only had to listen to the radio. You didn't have any internet or anything like that. And I remember we were away, obviously we were away at Hull. It was a bank holiday Monday, and I didn't go. I didn't always go. It was quite difficult. Quite a young family in those days, so I didn't go as often to the away games. And I took my radio out to the park where I live, just at the back here. And I just walked round. We'd gone one 0 up. Kevin O'Callaghan had scored a penalty. He scored about three or four penalties, I think, in those games. He kept on. We kept on winning one nil uh, towards the end of that season. <laughs> And um, I just remember walking round. I had a dog at the time, and I was just walking round and round and round and round and round, <laughs> just praying for the final whistle. And finally, and I even remember today where I was when I heard it. I said, "Mill with one one at home and got promoted." And I just ran home, and my son and I, I just my son who was about eight or nine, just we just like sort of embraced, and it was an it was an amazing moment. It was an amazing moment. That's but, isn't uh, it? That was a good moment. Um, but I've got lots of lovely memories and lots of. There were a couple of good matches that I've been to as well, which which I which which I really enjoyed. But that that was a that was a good that was a wonderful moment. Yeah. So you mentioned the cup semi final. You mentioned yeah. Mill the day that they were promoted, and obviously the yeah. celebrations with your son. Yeah. Can you pick a favourite? A favourite between the two, or another, two. perhaps, well, perhaps in general, is there perhaps a, I, another moment that would be a favourite of yours? I, I would say, I mean, I'm getting, I would say, getting promoted was the best moment because I knew that that would mean that we would have a whole run of games against all the top clubs in the next next mm. season. Knew that we'd be playing Arsenal and Man United and West Ham. We of course, got relegated that season when we got promoted, um, and. Everton. I knew it would lead to a wonderful series of memories, which it did. The cup final was just one game isolated. So in many ways, getting promoted was, was the bigger thing for me because it meant that I would see my, my team perform in the biggest stage, as it happens only for two years. But, but that's what they that's what they did. I think I think what you said there has kind of summed up the thoughts of a lot of supporters, perhaps my age and maybe younger, that I would love that one season 
you know, obviously you said there was two, um, you know, back yeah. in 88, 89, 90. Yeah. But that one season of just going to the Premier League and just saying, we're here, you don't like us, you're going to hate us come the end of the season, but we're going to yeah. be here for 38 games and we're going <laughs> to we're going to cause havoc. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, I think that would be an amazing achievement. I mean, mm. I'll be quite honest with you. I think that, I mean, we're talking about this season. I think this season, I would be reasonably confident we'll make the playoffs. I'm not totally confident because I think we, you know, we think too many things can happen. But it would be not a major surprise to make the playoffs, whereas in previous years it would have been a major surprise. But I don't think we're really good enough at the moment to go up. Not because I think we just haven't got the, the strike power. And I think we just need a bit more, we need a bit more um, guile, to be honest. Great, mm-hmm. very good team. But I think we would, on this, this current team would really, really struggle. We need, we'd need quite a lot. Having said that, of course, you get more money and you do buy new players. And so it changes. But I think we, 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 would, we would definitely struggle at the moment. And I think, funnily enough, we're about a year behind Luton. Interesting. That maybe it's a controversial thing to say. Mm-hmm. They, were, they got into the playoffs last year just. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You know, they scraped in, and, but they've built on that and they've done very well this year and they're, they're flying. And I think we are about a year behind them. It'd be interesting to see what we do. We don't mm. get the most, but that's just a, another perhaps controversial <laughs> point of view, but that's, that's how I feel about it. I'm going to come on to a different question I, I will come back onto some memories and some some perhaps stories yeah. from from the past but as we've been we've yeah. brought this on to the current day um yeah in the squad at the moment who i'm gonna ask you to who would you say is your favorite current player and who do you think yeah. is our most important current player that's in the current a, squad that's a really good question um i think zian fleming is my um favorite player because I think, although today he didn't have one of his better games, he generally, no, didn't. he didn't play particularly well today, but no. he, he does have that sort of X factor in him. He got, he's got that little bit of class in him. Even today in touches, you could see that he had that. Mm. Um, we do not have, and that's why I think he's probably in many ways our most important player, because he can make things happen. Having said that, I think, I think that there are some really, really good players in the team who it's hard to pick one who is more valued, more important to us. I think George Savile's had a great season. I think he yep. played really well. Um, I think Billy's had a brilliant season as well, played really well. Great shame he's been out injured. I think Billy's got all the attributes that could turn him into a very, very good player in the next couple of years. Uh, and so those two players are probably my most, my um, players. I think are probably the most important that we have. But having said that, I've got nothing but admiration for Tom Bradshaw because that bloke, honestly, he gets so little. I mean, when he's, you know, he's, a, he's not huge and he gets the ball punted up in the air. He's often confronted by uh-huh. great big six foot three defenders, you know, and he's, he's feeding off scraps all game and somehow some, and seems to make things happen. So I think he, he, he deserves a lot of credit, a lot of credit, actually. So those are the players I think that I'm the most sort of influenced by at the moment or think of the most. I think it's, I think it's interesting because whilst Fleming will grab headlines because, you know, his first season in English football, he scores good goals, he's influenced the team. But I think it is a team effort. There isn't, you know, yeah. there isn't, yeah. a, there isn't, they're all important in their own way. They all have their own role that, that, 
when they play well, you can see why that they they're as important to them. It, you know, Savile was a holding midfielder, um, Danny McNamara right back. They all have their own role and, and they're important in their own ways. But um, I think Fleming, you're right. I think Fleming probably is our is is our best player um, in te- yeah. technical te- technically is our best player. Again, yeah. you know, just for the, the, the benefit of the, the um, viewers and listeners, you know, we are recording this after the Luton game. Zian probably, by his own admission, will be disappointed with yeah. his contribution today. Um, but there's still time for, from now until the end of the season for him to, to, to turn it around. Yeah. And, and the trouble is that when you've been to a game like today, and for example, Danny Mack had a poor game today in many ways. I didn't think he played very well today, but then he was under a lot of pressure from their, from, from their forwards. You kind of, sometimes it colours your thinking about a player. And, oh, he's not, you know, and then the next week he has a good game and he's back in the good mm. again. So you, I think it's quite difficult to sometimes be objective as a, as a supporter. Um, and sometimes you forget that players, you know, have had, um, that they, they, their run of form can change. Just because they've had two poor games, you can't ignore the other thirty-eight that they've had. You know, it's, no, it's it's important. Murray Wallace is a good example of that. I mean, Murray, I thought had a very good game today. I thought he played very well, but he's had some absolute stinkers this season. I mean, mm-hmm. he's some really played poorly at times. Today, he was, today though, I thought he played he played very well and, and always gives a hundred percent. But as you rightly say, the team is the team. It's a real team for Mill. You know, yeah, together, you know, it's a real team. Get Absolutely. Feeling, you get that so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you for a couple of stories now. Um, okay. I'll, I'll, this can be, it can be because of the football. It can be uh, traveling. It can be an incident. It doesn't necessarily okay. have to be a, a goal. I'm gonna ask you firstly, you, what would you say is your best story um, following Millwall? What, what's what's something that you you remember? You know, for for maybe the right or maybe even the wrong reasons. Well, I've got one story which uh, is a bit unusual, perhaps, and that is that um, back in the eighty, I've got it, I've got it written down because I never remember eighty nine season September in the eighty nine ninety season when we got relegated. I happen to know um, a Manchester United director, and and he knew I was mad keen Millwall. So he invited my son and I to go up to watch Millwall play Manchester United in the direct in the director's box at Old Trafford. Uh, okay. So we went up on the train, Adam and I, and when we got there, um, you know, he was very nice. And he said, oh, I've got a bit of a surprise for you. And I said, what's that? He goes, I've got someone to come along and show you around the dressing rooms and have a little chat with you. And I said, oh, that's nice. So Adam and I went downstairs and there was Alex Ferguson. Um, oh wow! This was about an hour before the kickoff, and he took us around the dressing room and he showed us the different pegs and he asked us who we supported and who we liked and who we didn't like. Shook my hand and he then went off and gave his team talk to the team and they came out and beat us five one. So um, <laughs> you know, it was it was an amazing thing, and I can't imagine that in twenty twenty three, Pep Guardiola or Jurgen Klopp coming out and going around the, the dressing no. room with, um, with the opposition supporters. So that was really quite bizarre it was really nice actually very very friendly so to be fair i mean he'd only just i think he was only in his second or third year at old track he hadn't won anything with him at that oh no he'd won the cup i think but he hadn't got a major you know he wasn't the the icon that he is now uh, no. but it was an unusual it was a very unusual situation um so that was that was one story um other stories i don't i haven't got that many i mean i, I mean i've been to obviously some great games um one of my memories was going to the arsenal um mill fa cup replay at highbury and i was taken i went there in a box actually um i didn't go um i didn't go with the way supporter someone i knew because I, I love arsenal supporters oh you can come in in our box anyway we won you probably know we won two nil mark kennedy scored mm-hmm. an absolute screamer in the last and I looked round at that point and there was literally nobody in all of the boxes apart from me and one other Mill supporter who was in the other box. And we would laugh, you know, when he scored, we were jumping <laughs> up and down and shaking our arms and sort of <laughs> smiling at each other. So that was, and that was good. And I did get, and that's right, I did get a big kiss from someone at, um, uh, at one of the uh, playoff finals. When we, when, I think it was when, 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 it wasn't when Steve Morrison scored. It was one, I think it was the earlier one when we, 
when it was uh, against Swindon. Robbo, yeah, Robbo, yeah. Robbo, yeah. And I was in the thing, and then some complete stranger just grabbed me and gave me a big hug. I mean, that, that was quite, that was quite surprising. But uh, no, that was that was good. But um, uh, one of one of my best games, one of the best games I went to see, and I think this may have been mentioned, but it was a league was a league match in 1990 when we played Sheffield Wednesday. Sounds a bit odd. We were they, they had a fantastic team that year. It was the year after we got relegated and we got into the playoffs that year. Uh, we ended up fifth. This was with Bruce Real. We were two 0 down at half time, and they had played us off the park. They had completely annihilated us. It was two 0 It might have been six. So everyone applauded them. All you know, everyone, you know, that's it. We came out. I don't know what. I don't know what Rio told them at half time, but we absolutely thrashed them. We won four two. And it was one of the really amazing games. And the extraordinary thing was that about three months later, we played them in the cup at the den and the score was 4-4. So we had, a, we had an amazing time. So those were two. Those were probably some of my, as you can see, these are quite old games. So they go back, a, I go back quite a long way. But those, those are games I think that other older supporters might remember as well. I think the interesting thing is when you talk about old games and memories, I think it's very easy to get caught up sometimes in the, you know, we touched on it earlier, the FA Cup, the the promotion season, the, I think even the the game when we played in Europe against Ferenc Faros is another one that it's very yeah. easy to say those because they're big games that yeah. everybody knows about. But I think the best stories sometimes come from the obscure games that other people go, oh, actually, I was there that night. I, I remember that, yeah. or I remember the first yeah. half, the second half, whatever the, the case may yeah. be. I mean, so uh, me personally, you know, I, I've I've done one of these, and some of the some of the games you, you talk about, you just think, you know, that people must think, oh, they they've spoke about where's the cup final, but someone out there will remember that game against, yeah, um, and and go, oh, I was there that night, or yeah. yeah, I mean, two other games, I guess, quickly. One of them is. Um... This season, I thought, game against Watford this season, away at Watford. Did you go to that game? I, unfortunately, no. It was Boxing Day, wasn't it? I, I couldn't make uh, it. Yeah. But... And, I went, and I went to that game and I really enjoyed that game. I haven't enjoyed an away game like that for a very, very long time. That was a brilliant game. And we absolutely played them off the pitch that night, that, that, that afternoon. And, you know, ZN scored a slightly lucky goal, I think. But, you know, but it was an amazing atmosphere, mm. fantastic game really um you know i really enjoyed it and the other game that i want to mention is again the one that i think a lot of supporters will remember is the huddersfield semi-final which was um playoff semi-final which was as whatever people say about the old den the, the atmosphere that night was as good as anything i ever experienced at the old den no question about it that was a mm. an amazing everybody in the crowd was up for it the huddersfield players were terrified absolutely terrified of they were a good young they had Jordan Rhodes in that side. They had, a, if you look up the team that day, I think they had Drinkwater mm. as well. He obviously had a checkered career afterwards, but he he was a good. I think it was Danny Drinkwater played for them that season. But they they had some really quite useful players in that Huddersfield team, and we just blew them away. We absolutely blew absolutely. Them away. That, it was an amazing night. That that was an incredible and as good as anything I ever saw at, at, at the old at the previous day on the old game. <laughs> Interestingly, you said there about the Watford uh, away game. Um, away games tend to be where sometimes you make some incredible memories because you're away from home, you're up against it, you know, you're outnumbered. What would you say is yeah. possibly your, your best away day following the club? Where, where were you? Uh, well, um, well, funny, I mean, I'm, I don't go to a huge number of away games. I'm not, an, I'm not I don't travel away probably as often as, as others do. Um, so it's hard to say, apart from the obvious ones of the cup and so on. Um, I mean, last year, I think very, what was very, very memorable was the, was the QPR away game at Loftus Trophy, the first game back after COVID when Jed scored mm. that great goal in the opening. That was, a, that was a special time because I think we'd all been away from football for so long and we'd missed the crowd and the, the noise and the environment. And when he scored, unfortunately the wrong end, which was a bit sad, but when he scored, that was a, an amazing moment. And I'm really, mm. really, that was a lot. There was a, it wasn't, the game itself was the opening game of the season. So it wasn't such a big game, but in, the, in that sense. But 
it was very kind of it was very it was a very memorable game i think a very emotional game because of because of covid so i think that was my that would be one of my one of my top ones yeah definitely i think that game showed the importance and that the moment showed the importance of just how football has an impact on people's everyday life and and their emotions yeah. and 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 everything around it you know going to football if you're not a football fan you don't get it and yeah. if you are a football fan, you are, you realise that those moments. Sometimes when you lose, you know you you're annoyed, you're frustrated, you think, oh, you know, you know, it's, it's been one of those days. But it, you cannot you cannot stress the importance of being able to go and be surrounded with your fellow supporters and go into games. Yeah. I think it's a big thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm uh, of an age. Um, well, I mean, guess I'm I'm seventy now. So you get to a point where you kind of look at things perhaps slightly differently. Where um, you've had, you've seen a lot of, you've seen a lot of football. And Millwall is a very, very big part of my life. If we lose or we don't do well, it really, I really, I still, at my age, and it's ridiculous, really, I still get really, really upset. So, for example, mm. I don't know what supporters do. I'd be interested to know. So, I've got, I'm listening to all the podcasts and I look at all the, you know, I'm, I'm really all over it because I'm, I'm a bit boring like that. But if we lose, I'm not interested. For like two days, I don't want to listen to any football. I don't want to hear anything about it. I don't want to talk to anybody about it. I just think, I just back up. But, but if, it, we win, yeah. if we win, I'm looking at everything. And I like them going onto the forums of the other fans and seeing how upset they are because they got beaten by Millwall. And have you noticed, Stephen, that every time that anyone gets beaten by Millwall, it's always the ultimate disgrace. Getting oh, absolutely. Lives? And we we're 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 too physical, and we we yeah, we're oh, this, that, and the other. And, and, mm. yeah, and how many times have we been responsible for managers getting sacked? You know, being being by Millwall, the ultimate disgrace. You know, mm. so you, I think it's quite as bad this season. But you know, so I, I I tend to be very you know like tonight, but then a draw like today. I'm thinking, mm, okay, I can probably read some of the reports on it. Particularly, I think we deserved. I, I think actually we did deserve to win today, but. Um, you know, it it it's um it does it, 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 it I do get a bit I still get very affected by it. I still get very, very affected by it. It's interesting when you say that because obviously since I've been doing the podcast and I uh, you know, when we talk about the games, it's when you win you really look forward to talking about it. You talk about the performances, you talk about the goals, you talk about, you know, the, the incidents in the game. When you get beat and you still have you can't you still have to do the show. You still have to talk about it, and it's kind of like, oh, oh yeah, right, <laughs> fine, we'll we'll do it, and we'll you know sort of gritted teeth, and you sort of you have to try and you, you have to try. You know, you know, I, I myself, I don't really. If we will lose, I won't watch the highlights back. I won't watch any of the the, the things like that. Maybe unless we've scored an absolute worldie, yeah, I'll I'll have a look at that, but. No, I think as you say, it impacts people differently, and I don't think it matters how old you are, how young, how young you are. If you get yeah. the Millwall bug, or any club, but for us, if you get the Millwall bug, it it really does shape your weekend, win or lose. I mean, I reckon we lose on a Saturday. I'm about over it by about Tuesday morning. You know, especially if there's a Tuesday game. It's a, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when I say I'm over it, I don't sort of go around and the cat not that i've got a cat but you know i don't go sort of no i know what you mean crazy but it's just oh you know we've lost again and i think the other thing of course is that this season because we are actually in the running we're not like i don't know middle of the you know we're not like stoke or bristol city or something and they're just like wandering around in the middle of the the league doing absolutely nothing it really does matter you know the games really do matter um which is great i mean you don't want to be in a situation where you're playing and nobody really cares whether you win or lose that doesn't really make a lot of a lot of difference, but there it is. Um, interesting. Interestingly, you know, this this question is always for our usually the same answers. It might change because of where you're based. So I'm going to ask you your you uh, combine again the most disliked opponents to to play against. So maybe someone that you looked up what we're playing at the weekend, thinking, "Oh God, it's them." And then your top three rivals over the years following Millwall. Well, funny enough, I talked to my son about this because I, I, he's, I, he was kind enough to let me know that I might have to answer this question. So <laughs> I, I, I said to him, we were talking about it, and 
we, we, we both agreed, but we, we agreed in different order because my order isn't quite the same as quite a lot. So my most disliked club is Crystal Palace. Okay. And I reason I, they're top of my most disliked list is because they are so unbelievably up themselves. You know, they, they just really rate themselves as being something that they're not. They haven't really achieved that much in their, in their history. Okay, yeah, last 10 years they've been in the Premier League or whatever it is, that's good, well done. And they've got to the old cup final. Yeah, but they're not really, I mean, they're just, oh, and they're just, it's just everything I dislike about football's Crystal Palace. I really mm-hmm. don't like. <laughs> Second is West Ham, obviously. But with West Ham, although I always look at it, it's lovely they got beaten 5-1 by Newcastle the other day. I kind of, it's a kind of different thing. I suppose two things, really. One is that they are a working class club in many ways, as mm. we are. So there is a shared, there's a shared sort of background. I know a lot of supporters will probably kill me for this. And secondly, there have been occasions in the last few years where we've done things together, like, like I think with Isla Payton and one or two other fundraising things. And they've shown, we've shown that football sometimes is bigger than, we're bigger than these rivalries. Having said mm. that, I don't they lose. I'd like nothing better for them to be relegated. I'd like nothing better for us to be in the Premier League and then to be in the Championship. So that's so that's it. The third one I thought about a lot, and it is Charlton. Now, part of me doesn't want to put Charlton in because I don't really want to actually even recognise Charlton as a as a rival because they are so off the radar now, thankfully. But on the other hand, I have to confess that I do like it when they lose. They did, and also it was John Marquis that scored the goal. Oh, yes, uh, against yeah, Lewis and John scored the goal. So, so I like it when they lose. Um, so I would have to say that, um, from my point of view, um, uh, those are my three top sort of hates. Far as disliked opponents, oh, well, I mean, there are some teams that always seem to come to the den and do well. Barnsley. How many mm. times, apart from last year, we, we did beat them actually, but when they got relegated, but every single time Barnsley come to the den, they always seem to be a blooming, they seem to get something against us, even if they're not playing very well. So they're one of my my, uh, my pet my pet hate teams. Um, never, never happy when we, <laughs> never happy when we play Barnsley. No. Uh, but, but yeah, those that's the sort of those 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 are my kind of things. Yeah, just a couple more a couple more questions for you. I'm going to change the order just slightly. I'm going to end on something a little bit different this time. But um, over your your time following the club, you've you've seen us probably play in many shades of blue, many different yeah. kits, yeah. many different. Yeah. Looks, uh, we spoke obviously off camera that sometimes it's about supporting the team. They could be wearing whatever color they like, yeah. within yeah. reason, not not maybe not the certain team's colors. But um, if you had to sort of narrow it down, was there a shirt or a kit that sort of sticks in your mind as one you thought white. I like that one? I like the white one, the all white one. Mm. I think partly because I think we got promoted. There are two, yeah, I like the ones where we do well. I think with the, the the white one, I think we got promoted at least once from the old third division or the old um, League One. So I like that. And I think we also played in white in our 90s. You can see a theme here, can't you, Steve? I think we played <laughs> in white in 97. Um, the, other, the, other, the other one, which is also a bit more controversial, I like the stripe, actually. That was quite unusual. Uh, mm-hmm. The other thing I, I also don't... I'm not a great lover of this very dark blue that we play and I would like to go back to a slightly more um a slightly bluer blue and more royal blue than it. not royal mm-hmm. blue, you know the shape is very dark I know we changed it when I think in, this, in our centenary year or I can't remember not centenary we, we changed it about 10 years ago I think but I quite like a lighter color but I'm not as I said to you off I said to you off camera I'm I'm really not phased particularly by no. by shirts it's who's wearing the shirt that's more important than what's the shirt. And and just a final question for me. We'll we'll come on to another topic just just after. But yeah, past, present, future. You can ask. You can answer it three in three or two or or just one. If you could change anything about the club, um, yeah. Firstly, would you would you have changed anything? Or, or is there anything that you perhaps maybe in the future think if you could stop it now, what, what would you say? 
I think, well, there, there are two things that spur in my I think the club, I think, just want to say that I think John Berylson's been a fantastic chairman to this club. Absolutely. Um, and I think that the amount of money he's invested in it and lost, really, is amazing over the last, what, 15, 16 years or however long he's been doing it. And for him to put money in the infrastructure, particularly the training ground, the new ground at Seven Oaks, I think is fantastic for the for the club and a real plus because uh, um, I think uh, Calmont Road's a bit, you know, a bit old-fashioned. And I think if we've got pretensions of being a bit like, you know, like when we move to the ground, I mean, we need to be in the ground like we are now in order to uh, compete. Players mm-hmm. come to a ground, they come to a club and they look around and they want to see something that's a bit more impressive than a couple of old ramshackle buildings and a falling down stand. So I think that's really important. And the same does apply to the to the training ground. So that's a really good thing for the future. The thing I alluded to earlier that really annoys me is parachute payments. I think that's my big bugbear, really. Um, because I know why we have them. I know that clubs going from the Premier League need to soften the blow because they can't afford to pay the wages in the same way that that they that they did when when they received Sky money. But mm-hmm. it's such an it's such an uh, uh, an uneven playing field. It's so difficult for a club like Millwall, uh, which is why if we don't get promoted, I'd like something like Luton to get promoted or what or um, not what or um, Coventry because. You know, they are clubs that have had to do it the hard way. Mm. Uh, obviously, I want us to get promoted. I want us to be the, be the best club. And I don't hold any particular favours for Luton or any of the other clubs. But what I mean by that is I feel that clubs like, you know, Burnley have come down and have got, you know, players on their bench that would cost more than our entire team. Watford the same. I mean, I mean Watford, I mean, frankly, it's disgraceful what's done, what they've done when you, mm. you know, talents they've got so that would be that would be something i'd want to change i think parachute payments create a, a big problem as for Millwall, i just hope we don't move i don't want I, I, there's some rumors all the time of going off to some sort of you know some place in kent i think we are we do there are obviously the people people don't live next to the ground in the way they once did i i mean i never have but it is where we are and i think it, i think if we moved we'd lose our heart actually i think we'd mm. lose we'd lose what Millwall is about. And Millwall yeah. is a really unique club, a really unusual, unique club. Um, and I'm very proud of it, actually. I think it's a very, I'm very proud to support Millwall. People always, particularly in where I live, because it's an unusual club to support. Oh, they're all hooligans and you mm. left your at home and all that kind of nonsense. But I'm very proud of the club. I think the club, the club's done some great things and it's a prop, you know, it's a good, good club. It's a fantastic club to support. Absolutely. I, I think I agree. I think the, the train ground move is a, is a very good one, I think, as well, especially with um, it's a catchment area for players. And, you know, we see a lot of players that seem to be in our under 18s and then all of a sudden they disappear. And, you you know, they, then they piss somewhere else going for sort of 20, yeah. 30 million. You think what, what's yeah. gone on? So I think that's that's important. I think you're right. Moving the club, everything away from from um sort of south london and coming away from the roots would be an issue i think it would cause a rift between the supporters as well and i think we need the supporters on side to be successful rowett alludes to it um i'm sure um you know there'll be plenty that might sort of you know might fall out of love with it a little bit if if that was was to happen but um we're gonna yeah. we're gonna um, sort of come on to the, the final thing here. Yeah. Um, obviously, we've been through some some memories, some great. I'm sure some of our yeah. our listeners that maybe you know people that haven't experienced the old and are older players will be fascinated, and people would have been remembering, as I said, that Sheffield Wednesday game or watching Teddy and and players yeah. and players like that. But I believe you're involved in a trip uh, involving Mill. Uh, if you'd like to tell us a little bit more about that, yeah, I um. um... The Mill Community Trust is organising for the second year a trip to a school in Nakuru in Kenya, um, where it's the Jubilee Academy, where um, I think it's about 10 of us are going to go this this year um, to either be helping as teaching assistants or help build or rebuild certain classrooms. You know, given that my building skills are somewhat limited, I'm more <laughs> on, the, uh, on the teaching side. Um, but it's just an example, I think, the great work that Community Trust does. And yep. uh, 
I'm, I'm very, very proud to be part of that. And I'm really looking forward to it. It's brilliant. By the way, anybody who, who <coughs> is interested, um, it's brilliantly organised. It's really well organised. Um, African Adventures do it. We had a briefing session this week. Um, I can't praise them highly enough for, I haven't been yet, so hopefully it'll follow through. But so far, it's been absolutely fantastic. And I've been very impressed by it. So that's, that's part of the, uh, the good work that the Community Trust do. So very, very pleased to be part of that. Yeah. I think um, that's a quite a fitting way to to sort of end, end the interview. You know, Mill sometimes the press and the the social media aspect of things that they're, they're on the wrong. We're, we we are on the wrong end of 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 um, the stick a little bit. But there's a lot of hard work and there's a lot of people behind the scenes, i.e., like, like yourself, that go out and give up your time to do those kind of things. So it's great for 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 everybody involved and again just uh, you know we're we are a great club we're going to say that we're supporters but we we you know uh, you know as a fan base as well we, we do an awful lot that that goes unnoticed um david it's been it's been an absolute pleasure to to have you um on the show thank you very much firstly for, for giving up your time this this cool. easter weekend um one last thing from me before before i do our sort of the the, the outro i think you touched on it earlier but i'm going to ask you again are we making the top six? Yes. Okay. David said it, so it has to be true. <laughs> um, I'm very pessimistic. So the answer, <laughs> everyone knows that. I think we could do it this year. But I just wanted to say, Stephen, thank you very much as well for the question. Really interesting. Made me think back on my time as a supporter. So, uh, Great. And I really enjoyed it as well. Thank you very much. No, thank you. As I say, it's an opportunity for us and, and me personally to speak to, to fans, you know, up and down, um, you know, we've had some from up and down the country, different ages, different stories. It's great to to, to be involved with something like this. And and um, I'm hopeful that obviously the listeners at home will be fascinated by your story. Um okay. That's been uh, that Millwall podcast. Um, these go out, so it goes out on YouTube on a Sunday and then it goes out on Spotify and all other podcast providers on the, fri the following Friday. Um, right now, uh, we, I'm not going to give a definitive date when, when this will go out, but obviously when, give us a listen. Um, hopefully, if, if it's something that you'd be interested in, by all means, drop us a message and, and get involved and we'd love to, to have you on. Um, I've been Stephen, that's been David. Uh, please like and subscribe and uh, follow the, that Millwall podcast on, on all social media channels. And we look forward to catching you on the next one. Thank you very much, guys. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.